0: hey guys good morning today i want to talk to you about defense mechanisms something came up for me yesterday and uh somebody called me out on one of my defense mechanisms and when i say call out there was actually a very loving reflection that they did with me and it really got me thinking about how i hide my heart how i defend against being hurt and being seen. And so I thought today's topic would be on defense mechanisms. Now, when we're growing up, one of the things that happens is we're pretty vulnerable. I mean, we're just little kids, and we're trying to figure out the world and we learn through experiences. And we learn that certain things will hurt us, you know, and we'll get our hearts crushed. And as a result of that, we learn at a very, very early age to take on personas or masks, if you will. And these personas and masks are defense mechanisms. But what they do is they keep us safe as opposed to keeping us connected. One of the most important human needs is the emotional need for connection because if I'm not feeling connected what I'm feeling is lonely and when I'm lonely that's just one of the worst feelings anybody can feel but we end up doing it to ourselves we end up being alone oftentimes because we put ourselves in a position of being alone and staying safe instead of living with an open heart now, I want to remind you guys, because I always forget to do this, like, subscribe, and share. Hit that button right now while you're thinking about it. So, so these masks keep us safe. These personas, or these shadows, they're there to keep us safe. To And, and safety means that we're not vulnerable. And when we're not vulnerable, what happens is we're also not connected. And it's a weird dichotomy that in order for me to be connected with another human being or group of human beings, I have to be vulnerable. I have to allow others into my heart. And that's kind of like... You know living with your belly open just kind of like waiting for somebody to just slice you open and cut you open and so it's much easier to be protected and to kind of shrink into and protect ourselves to protect our hearts and like i said all that does is serve to keep us lonely so i started thinking about my own defense mechanisms what are some of the things that i do to keep people away to keep my heart closed off to stay safe because i don't want to get hurt to play safe and so i start coming up with a list and the number one thing that came up for me which was the thing my brother called me out on yesterday was humor when i get uncomfortable when there's a tension in the room i will often try to break that tension with humor. I will often try to connect with people through humor. Because that was again, one of my things growing up, I found that if I was funny, and I made people laugh, then they would like me. But what I didn't realize was that in making people laugh, I really wasn't showing my heart either. I used to be like the king of sarcasm. I would give David Spade a run for his money. It's something I really had to work on to have something come up in my head that would say like, oh, this is going to be funny. This will make everybody laugh. And then hold it. Hold that tension of not saying it. Because I'm not living in a sitcom. I'm living in the real world. So sarcasm is something that I've learned to quiet a bit, but humor is still a distraction for me. Humor is the thing that uh, I will go to in an instant to try to alleviate or protect myself, you know, because somebody will ask me a question and maybe it's a personal question. And my defense is to fire back with something humorous. Now. Probably part of the reason I do that is because it gives me a chance to think about my answer. But I think truly what it does is it I want to take the other person off. Go, I, I kind of want to knock them off their ground a little bit and just kind of send a subtle message. Like, yeah, it's not okay to ask me those kind of questions. But if I'm truly honest and I'm truly open and I'm truly vulnerable, that's when I'm going to get hurt. And so I had to admit, like, yeah, humor is one of those things that I often do in order to feel safe, in order to keep people away. Another thing I have used quite a bit is knowledge. I like to learn so that I always have the answer. If somebody asks me a question and I say, "Mm, I don't know, that's really uncomfortable for me. And so I will try to learn as much as I can so that I'm the one with the answers. Because oftentimes I think when somebody asks me a question, it's a chance for me to be vulnerable. But instead of being vulnerable, I have the knowledge, I have the right answer to give. And so seeking knowledge, all of the self-help books, becoming a therapist, was actually a defense mechanism because I could ask other people about their lives and get them to be vulnerable with me, but I didn't have to be vulnerable with them. And it worked really well for me. <laughs> it worked in a way that uh, you know, made me good at my job. And at the same time, I end up feeling really alone in the world because I haven't allowed myself to be vulnerable with others. Another one that I do is I withdraw. I get quiet. You know, you can't hurt me if I if I if I get into the rope If I get if I don't give you anything, you can't hurt me. So I will withdraw and I will get quiet. I will just clam up. You know, if somebody asks me something vulnerable, and this happens oftentimes with my wife, where I'm feeling unsafe for whatever reason. Maybe she's asked me a vulnerable question, or she's challenged me in some way. And I just get quiet. I just withdraw. I just shut down. And I go into just lockdown mode. And again, all that does is it serves to keep me safe, but not to be connected. Judgments and negativity. This one, yeah. I am much safer judging others than looking at my own heart when i judge other people what i'm doing is i'm not looking at myself i'm looking at them so when there is an opportunity for me to be vulnerable with someone and to be open and to be connected i will judge oh you know they're not worthy or they're not as smart or they're not as attuned or they're not as you know, open-minded as I am. And so I won't give them the answer to my heart. And negativity comes with that, that a defense mechanism of mine is to assume negative intention on others. So I assume that others want to hurt me. And as a result of that, because of that assumption, that judgment i developed all these other defense mechanisms and one of the defense mechanisms is to just judge another one i have is getting into my head you cannot connect with somebody if your heart is closed you can't connect with vulnerability if you're up here so i stay out of this heart center And I stay up here because if I'm down here, this is where I'm going to get hurt. If I'm up here, I can think of the answer. I can give you a judgment. I can use my humor. I use whatever defense mechanism. The defense mechanisms always come from up here, not here. And getting into my head and thinking takes me out of the moment and puts me into a space of either I'm thinking about the past or I'm thinking about the future. I'm wondering if this thing that happened in the past is somehow going to come back and bite me. What do I need to do to defend against that? Or in the future, something's going to bite me in the future. I need to be aware of that so that I can make plans to avoid that. And so in my head, I am generally thinking about the past or the future. And that's where neuroticism comes in. Neuroticism is actually like ruminating and thinking and and, and over and over and over again. When we get into a shame spiral, that's what we do is we start beating ourselves up and we start ruminating about... How awful I am, how other people don't like me, how I don't fit in, how other people see me and perceive me as being less than others or something along those lines. And when I get into my head, it's usually not a good place. Uh, my thoughts scare me sometimes. I don't know about you, but sometimes my thoughts are right, like, they just kind of creep in there and... And I wonder, like, how the hell am I even thinking about this? You know, I'm imagining arguments with somebody who I'll never have that argument with, right? But I will sit there and sort of fantasize uh, about how I'm going to, you know, tell this person off or how I'm going to, you know, defend my point of view. You know, if they say this, then I'm going to say that, that kind of thing. And I have these imaginary debates kind of going on up in my head space and time i generally do not give myself enough space and time i am often rushed i this is a defense mechanism something i'm working on because it keeps me out of my heart in the present moment if i've always got something that i'm doing I got to get to that thing. I got to get to that thing. And it's also part of what keeps me up in my head is I'm constantly thinking ahead or thinking about what's going on. But then I get distracted and I don't give myself enough time and space. I oftentimes, you know, will show up late. You know, I will oftentimes forget things. I will oftentimes um, just be so rushed and rushing around that i am not living with an open heart i'm just trying to manage whatever fire is going on in front of me so i'm really working on creating more space slowness stillness i've noticed even in my videos you know oftentimes i will start talking really fast as opposed to really being in my heart and when i'm talking fast i'm generally up in my head i'm generally trying to think about what it is that i want to say as opposed to like being in my heart and and speaking from my heart so i'm working on that messiness oh that's another one goes along with the time and space uh clutter you know it's really easy for me to allow clutter to kind of get around me and and build up and that kind of thing and some of that is you know my adhd but a lot of it is it's a way to defend i mean i almost create and just thinking of this just now i almost create a barrier around me with my clutter i never really thought of that before but that that's interesting i i do that i create walls so to speak I feel safer when I'm sort of in an enclosed space with clutter and things that are maybe familiar or whatever. So that's something I'm going to have to think more about. But yeah, that's, that's a good one. Messiness. So victimization. Okay. So I will play the victim. I will get hurt. I will go into a shame spiral. I will think everybody's against me. I will feel a sense of, um, okay, everyone's hurting me right now. So I'm just going to shut down. I've been all, I've been so vulnerable with my heart and open to people and everybody's hurt me and, 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 you know, I'm the victim and whenever I play the victim, it's a defense mechanism for one, me looking at myself and understanding myself and taking responsibility for myself. But it also puts the attention on the other it puts the attention on the person that i feel has hurt me or done an injustice to me and rather than taking feedback as reflective my defense mechanism is to become a victim of it and get hurt and the hurt withdrawal judgment get in my head All the other defense mechanisms come up. What else do I have on my list here? Uh, Solving for others. (laughs) I'm a really good problem solver for other people. You know, if you come to me with a problem, I'm really good at seeing things from a bunch of different perspectives. And it feels good in some ways to help somebody out. But the opposite is something i struggle with allowing other people to help me in fact sometimes it's really difficult for me to even know where i need help at like i will guard my heart by having all of the information to answer every question i will present in a way that is one of you know hey i've done a lot of study i know all of the answers let me show you what you know what the answer is here as opposed to knowing what i want which is another one the defense mechanism of asking for help i don't ask for help and when i don't ask for help i don't allow other people to see my heart i see neediness or needing help As a weakness as opposed to a vulnerability now i'm the first one you know helping somebody else yeah let me help you out brother you know but me asking for help uh, one of my defense mechanisms is just not even knowing when i need help i think a defense mechanism oftentimes for me is being so self-sufficient that i don't need anyone else and if i'm self self self-sufficient and I don't need anyone else, then I don't have to be vulnerable. And if I'm not vulnerable, then I don't have to get hurt. But all that does is it keeps me alone and separate. Another one for me is sleep. Now, like if I'm feeling completely overwhelmed, oftentimes I will sleep. This isn't as bad these days, but it used to be a thing where my defense mechanism was if anything was hard or there was a reason for me to connect with other people, what I would do would be withdraw and go to sleep. And I would sleep for hours. And part of it was when I was asleep, that was the only time my head wasn't going where I wasn't feeling anxious, where I wasn't feeling depressed, where I wasn't, you know, feeling afraid. And so sleep oftentimes became my defense mechanism. Anger. It's really easy for me to get angry. And now when I get angry, I don't explode. When I get angry, I'm like, when I get angry, I'm I, I, I'm surgical. Like, I will find your weakness and I will cut you down and you won't even know it. That's my MO and all again, all that does is to serve to keep me away from other people, the defense mechanisms. Because listen, if you're angry, people don't want to be around an angry person. Your anger can be a way for you to self-sabotage and keep yourself away. You know, you're, you're trying to guard yourself from being hurt, but inadvertently, it also keeps you separate. It keeps you disconnected from others. So anger is a big one. Quitting. This is another one. Quitting early. Something gets difficult. I'll just quit. Again, this is something I've done a lot of work around and I'm doing better at that. But I will oftentimes quit something. I remember when I was in junior high, I was on a church basketball team and it was hard and I didn't feel comfortable and I didn't, you know, I felt like I wasn't as good as the other kids. I felt like people were judging me. I felt afraid that I was going to mess up. So my defense mechanism was, I just quit. I remember asking my mom, I'm like, like, can I quit? And she's like, yeah, you can, but you're gonna have to call the coach. And I'm like, okay, I'd rather call the coach and quit and disappoint him than to feel all of these feelings about insecurities and people judging me and watching me and me not feeling good about myself. So quitting is another defense mechanism. So what's the antidote? One of the antidotes I think is awareness. Oftentimes people will say, you know, I want to work on myself and we can't work on ourselves unless we're aware of ourselves the more we get to know ourselves the more we get to understand these shadows these masks these personas that we put on the more where we are the more we can consciously take them off i am not aware oftentimes of my own defense mechanisms in a similar way like if i have a piece of food stuck on my tooth i can't see it right i need a reflection to come back to me and tell me this, my brother yesterday, you know, he reflected something to me. He said, Chuck, you got a jive on your tooth. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, I do. Thank you. And, and if I'm not around other people who love me enough to challenge me, to reflect to me about my shadows, my defensiveness when they're feeling disconnected from me and from my heart, like, I need that in my life. And this is why I I love men's work and being in men's groups and having men as friends. Because a man will reflect back to you from a place of strength and honesty. And a woman will too. But I'm just saying, like, like, the masculine, the assertiveness piece of it, like, that comes from the masculine. And so having men in my life who are living from their masculine heart nourishes me in such a way that it helps me to want to live with an open heart as well another thing i that uh, another thing i will do is when i'm consciously aware of something i will just sit with that and not judge it but just feel it you know feel the sensation of the thing that i do that's a defense mechanism to stop living from my heart because i'm afraid or i'm hurt and if i can just sit with that thing and let it sort of dissipate through me then i'm less likely to be defensive so sitting with your pain, sitting with your judgment, sitting with your defense mechanisms, knowing what they are, and then rather than trying to get rid of them, just let them fade away. Meditation. I can't say this enough. Meditation. And when you meditate, meditate with your heart center, So that you're aware of your heart. Become aware of like the physical heart. The front of it. The bottom. The top. The back. The sides. And also your root. Okay. Your your tailbone. Your perineum. Like just sit in that. There's a strength that comes from the groundedness. That gives your heart the ability to be open. So imagine kind of a a line between your tailbone and your heart, and that your tailbone is keeping you solid so that you can live from a place of open-heartedness. That safety that you want, the protection, isn't about protecting your vulnerabilities. It's about staying rooted, staying deep, staying wide. Staying grounded so that you can love from your heart. So what you want to be able to do to live with an open heart is to blast love out, but also receive love in. When I'm in a space of love and generosity and kindness and uh, helping and forgiveness and grace and empathy and all of those things. I'm living from a place of open heartedness. That brings me joy, brings me joy because I feel connected with myself and I feel connected with others. In order to do that though, I have to have a groundedness about me to be able to sit, and allow, consciously allow myself to be loved and to love. Now, the last thing I want to say about personas is, and shadows, these are not bad things, okay? These are things that we needed at one time. They served us. But they don't serve us anymore. Now, there may be times where you do need these personas and defense mechanisms. You know, if you're in danger. You know, if somebody's threatened you physically, emotionally, something along those lines. You may need you may need those things. But also recognize that. Another way to sort of think about this is to put on your own authentic mask, not mask. Another way to think about this is to remove your mask and just let people see you and just be comfortable with that. And that takes some practice that takes an ability to, to really know yourself and allow yourself and accept yourself for who you are so that when you see yourself whether it's on a recording or in the mirror or somebody reflecting it back to you you see yourself with love that's what i got for today please again like subscribe comment what are ways that you put on masks? What are some of your defense mechanisms? What are some things that you know you do that keep you safe, but also don't allow you to be vulnerable? Don't allow you to be heart-centered. Don't allow you to connect with other people. What are those things? Go ahead and write them in the comment. Let's have a discussion. All right, my brothers, I will see you next time.